What's up, all you hitchhikers? Welcome back to another episode of The Strange Road. I'm your host, Mikey, as always, the bro host, Bub. And of course, uh, Stoner and Matt behind uh, behind the scenes in master control, making everything look awesome Absolutely. and sound awesome. It's sparkling uh, right now. We've got two wizards <laughs> in master control. We have an His apprentice. bro has now been uh, knighted wizard as well. So, uh, <laughs> great show tonight. Uh, we appreciate you know anybody hanging out with us in the chat and anybody uh watching tonight yeah um we appreciate you guys and uh it's it's gonna be a good one we haven't done an episode on a saturday night i don't think ever, ever. yeah this i don't is the think f- ever well, psh, this is great hey um you gotta catch lightning in a bottle you don't let it just not happen right exactly do what you gotta do you ready to go i'm fired up and ready absolutely i want to uh bring in our guest uh singer songwriter co-host of kill the mockingbirds podcast and cryptid hunter joel thomas everybody welcome joel what's going on guys what's up? <laughs> dude so awesome to have you yeah i appreciate it very appreciate stoked it. i'm actually really jacked to be on here because uh one of my good buddies who i do a podcast with called floating mushroom uh Justin from Crips of the Corn and yeah. Jay were here, yep. so and they're actually in the chat right now, of right they in are. his mouth, uh, fellas. But uh, yeah, I, uh, guys. I heard good about guys. you guys from him, and then you guys had reached out, and it all worked out together. I mean, we're all in Ohio, that, right. so it wasn't too bad, you know. So yeah, and how yeah. wild how we're kind of spread out, you know, for sure. Yeah, to Columbus, up to North, you know, Columbus. It is really wild. It is wild. Dude, awesome! Yeah, short drive right from you know Cincinnati, but you grew up in Georgia. You said most of your life you, yeah. you lived in Georgia and kind of mountainous areas and the hills. Yeah, I did. Um, I uh, I grew up all over really um, since I was a kid. We moved around a lot, so I actually was born in Virginia. Lived in West Virginia. Lived in Maryland for a while. Uh, then we moved to North Carolina, South Carolina. I lived in Florida for a little bit. Uh, Georgia's where we kind of kept coming back to because my mom grew up her whole life there. And okay. my granddad, he owned property up in the mountains of Georgia. So mm-hmm. we ended up at a good stage of my life. Uh, we lived actually on a mountain. So, I mean, I used to hike all the time with my buddy who lived right down the way. Um, you know, it was nothing to see a bear walk across the front yard. That's awesome. I, I remember one particular story. There was a uh, a, a black bear who was harassing the neighborhood um, to the point, because generally speaking, they're not they don't really care to get in your space too much. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. they're, they're really pretty afraid, especially the dogs and stuff. They don't really want to deal with it. But this one was not. He was literally tearing up the entire neighborhood. And oh, to the point that, you know, in those in, in that area, we used to have these trash cans that would have, like, the locks and stuff on them. He was ripping them off, man, with his claws. I remember my mom came outside with a thirty-eight and shot it up in the air at him. He was probably 10 feet away from her. He just raised up on two legs and, like, growled at her and then moseyed off. (laughs) Yeah, they had to have the game wardens come and literally transport him out of of there. Nope. uh, And move him to another place. So I thought you were going to say it was uh, the—I thought there was a bear down in that area that used to walk on its back legs like that, that everybody knew, and somebody (laughs) shot it. It was on like Monsters Among oh, Us or something, right? I think I might have heard of that story. Yeah, it was like yeah. it had a nickname and everything. Like <laughs> it's crazy, but well, if they get that's fed wild. a couple times, they're gonna lose that fear, you know? Oh, absolutely. If they're digging it's the in trash food. Yeah. They love it. Yep. What about what about cocaine bear? 
Oh my god! I haven't, have I haven't you seen, seen the previews it yet. The for that? previews are pretty wild. Have you seen that? So I based see on a it. true based on a true story. <laughs> it got good it's, ratings. I was looking at it. It's I'm supposed sure. to be funny. It, yeah, it was, it was Leota's last movie though, right? Wasn't it? Was it really? I think so. I think it's Leota's last movie. Get out of here! And that's kind of one of the reasons I want to see it too because yep. I love that's, Ray Leota. That's so. enough right there. That's Leota's a legend. To be for that to be his last movie, especially after doing Blow with Johnny Depp and being in you know Goodfellas and. Yep. Just his entire background of movies to be like that's the capstone. He's the man. Oh my god, I love him in Blow as his dad. They do that little cheers god, all the time. Man, that like, movie I've seen so many times. <laughs> I remember when it came out on like, and this is when Blu-ray first came out. I right. was like, I gotta get it. Yeah, and I, man, I can't even tell you how many times I watched that movie. That oh, movie it's is so just good. A classic. It's so good. It is. I mean, anytime it's it pops up, I'm just like. Once every at least four or five years, I'll have to oh, pop yeah. that on. Oh, it's like yeah. Scarface. You got to watch yeah. it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Scarface, all those movies hold up, too. Yeah. Yeah, but Ray Liotta's dead. Are you happy, George? It's it's nice to have nice things. He's looking at, like, five <laughs> different, like, luxury cars and a mansion, and his wife's, like, 80 pounds. Pee Wee Herman in that. Paul Rubin. Wow, this has... episode just went, like, East Palestine off the, off the rails. Sorry, man. <laughs> Got into some Ray Liotta. Yeah, we just went on a way sidetrack. I love it. Yeah, Co- well, I'm gonna cocaine be, bear. It started from the yeah, cocaine I'm going to be like DeWine and take a little baby sip and be like, it's all good, guys. I promise. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. He's crunching the capsule inside his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, we got Stoner's dad. Welcome, Stoner's oh, dad. Stoner's dad's great. Born not to run. Cryptids of the corn. Uh, yeah, awesome seeing all you guys. Uh, Absolutely. Now, I know, Joel, your music's, we, we've been blasting through your catalog, yeah. uh, watching some of your videos, yeah. and uh, I would love to, you know, our background is kind of how we formed as a crew and a, a team over the years is shooting concerts and festivals, so yeah. music's a huge part of everything that we do, Yeah, and, uh, you know, it kind of go off a little bit of, you know, from the paranormal, cryptids, or whether right. it's ancient civilization stuff, you know, I'd like to talk to you about, you know, the... Solo career, yeah, uh, Van sure. Tesla music, yeah. and uh, kind of how you got started with uh, what you're doing now with your yeah your projects. Sure. Yeah, I've been doing music for a long time, over 20 years. So I uh, I did, I've done music since I was a kid. Um, started out playing piano when I was younger. My mom kind of she's a musician. She plays she plays piano, plays guitar, sings. Um, she, uh, used to be choir director at the church, like all kind of stuff growing up. Right. Yeah. Um, she always wanted me involved in music. Cool. Uh, that was important for her, uh, yeah. for her to, for me to do for her. Right. Yeah. So, and it wasn't, I didn't enjoy it cause I love music. So I got to high school though. And she gave me an ultimatum. She's like, either you keep playing piano or you can go into chorus. And I was like, I think I'd rather sing than keep playing piano. So I ended up doing that. Uh, you know, I won some awards and stuff like that. Nice. Um, you know, at some of the, I don't know, school events and stuff like that. So sure. uh, did that, uh, was big into acting. I actually got an acting scholarship too. So when I went to college, uh, that and basketball. So I was kind of involved in a lot of stuff going through Very school. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, went to school and uh, yeah, man, just decided to like party everything away. So <laughs> it was my first time yeah. really getting out of the scope of <clears throat> oh, yeah. my family because they were pretty strict growing up. Like oh, dad yeah. was a preacher, so it was kind of a different environment. And so I get out on my own, kind of just wild out. 
uh, came back after a year. Um, you know, our parents, you're not going back there right now. Like you got to prove something. So long story short, I was like, I'm gonna be a rapper. So like my parents were not having that. So it was like, logical step. they basically kicked me out of the house for (laughs) rapping, which is crazy. Uh, Side note though, they actually love what I do now. (laughs) But, but early on though, it was not like that, especially with like, you know, Stuff I was talking about back then, man. Sure. I was pretty, pretty wild guy. Sure. Hung out with a pretty wild crowd too. So, yeah, uh, definitely. You know, went through a lot of years of and getting close, man. I had like you know, Epic Records looking at me at one point. Different, different people, right? And uh, I kind of came to a realization that to make it in the industry, to really make it. You really got to be able to, like, do some things behind the scenes. I play mean, ball. You're going to have to play ball, right? I was very willing and ready to play ball back then to the mm-hmm. point that I became a Freemason. So I literally Whoa. was, like, working my way into, like, what I wanted to do. We're, we're going to just just tab that. I was going to say. <laughs> I, I take a mental picture of that so I can keep that for later because I have, like, three questions right now. Sure, later. yeah. I don't mind talking about it because one of the things that I do try to do is bring that up uh, in in conversation with people. Uh, when I when we'll talk about Tony Merkel later, how I met him and everything. But part of the thing is I, I did talk a lot about that, even on his uh, uh, members only area. So oh, people are okay. looking to hear Rumi really delve into it. <clears throat> okay, um, you I'll can go check there oh, and gotcha. check it out. Gotcha. So, um, but yeah, it, I got to the point and I was like, you know, that's what I want to do. I want to move into this new arena yeah. to mm-hmm. play ball. Now, the caveat is you're going to hear a lot of Freemasons say that, oh, none of that stuff goes on, whatever. And generally speaking, it doesn't. You're looking at probably 90, 95% of the guys in there don't really know what's going on. Sure. It's just a fraternity, right? Yeah. I knew better. So getting in there, I knew that there were steps and there whatever. And I was on a path. Like, I can tell you just. From what I knew and the people in the groups that I was talking to, there was an opportunity there for me. I can say that there were some things that happened in my life around that time that I had to make a decision. Was I going to be there for my family, my kids, or was I going to go down this, like, dark road? And I chose the former. So that was kind of how that went. Sure. Um, you know, the the Freemason thing, just kind I just kind of faded out from it is what ended up happening. Um, there was always opportunities for me to go back or whatever. I mean, like, once you're in, you're in, right? I mean, yeah. You know, <laughs> is there any do, way Is there any way that you're out if you get out? They, they, well, like I mean, something can, that you do that they, they go, hey, you know what? Kind of don't go to meetings or how does that? Well, no, I'm saying, is there know? is there something you can do that say you get in and uh, – Talking about it, telling us about it, would that be enough that they get, you know what, Joel, you're not allowed back? Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, I've heard of guys getting kicked out and them having those conversations. I mean, generally, if you're, I mean, if you're just not going, you're not participating, they call it like a non-practicing Freemason at that Mm -hmm. point. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's always opportunities for you to whatever, go back, but I mean, that's not something I want to go back down anymore. Gotcha. No, no, absolutely. Just curious on kind of the the machinations of that. If you do, like say, if you're Amish and you go in room spring and you're like, you know what? I'm never going back. I'm just staying out forever. Then they're kind of like, well, then you don't come back. And I've got a lot of love for a lot of guys there because they, they had my back through a lot of things that were going on. So at the end of the day, I don't have like this, there's not this notion of these are just awful people. Sure. I think people think mm-hmm. about Freemasonry when they think about elitism and all that, and that's not really the case. It is an open door to get to a lot of these things, but it's not what everyone thinks it is either. Okay. I think that's mm-hmm. just – it's an overarching uh, umbrella that people see, and it's just like all big and bad, all evil. And, yeah, it's got a lot of occult 
it's, it is a cult, but at the it's end of mystery, the day, it's a mystery school, right? And That's, and it's also the gateway. I call it. It's the weed of of secret societies. It's like the gateway drug to get you into the right. rest. So, yeah, really. Yeah, I would. I would. I would think so. That's I, kind of your street cred of like, hey, I am a mason. Another secret societies like you know what we have skull and crossbones over too or you know uh, right now and grove or you know come on in i don't think know. it's indicative that you have to go through that to get to those either because there could be you know certain families and bloodlines and things that that you're automatically kind of got the movement towards those your legacy but, yeah but i would say though that i know just from being in and i know that i could get to other houses and other things and kind of spread out you know, yep. my wings in it if I right. wanted to. Most people are involved in a bunch of different orders. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. So, and that was, you know, I saw, especially I would say in the early, like 2010, 2011, maybe 09, 08, when the big Illuminati, like, splurge came mm-hmm. through music, especially hip hop, right? Yeah. Right. Like Jay-Z, Beyonce, yep. you had Rihanna, Kanye, all these guys like showcasing the symbolism and all that. Well, and and most Rihanna at the Super Bowl this year even. Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah, if you notice, uh, even during that, I mean, she threw up the the uh the eye at, during the uh, commercial break. Yeah. And which, the belt. Right. Which only showed up dear on the YouTube on the YouTube streaming. So when it yeah. cut to commercial on live TV, she did it. Right. So that was pretty wild too. Um, but this is something these guys are doing all the time. It's not it, now. There's going to be a contingent of people say they do it for the publicity, the, atten- the attention, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. I think club. that's some of it, but I yeah, don't I think, think so that too. they're not showcasing what they're part of either. I think they. They do that on purpose, and right. I think that that's part of that. They they do it so much to where you feel like that. Oh, it's got to be fake because they're just doing it to get my attention. Yeah, and that's not the case. I think it's kind of both at the same time. Um, but in seeing them do a lot of that stuff, I realize that, and if I'm going to get to this like ultra level of fame and all that, it, you got to sell your soul, quote unquote. Right. It's just part of it. You have with, to. With the symbolism, though, and I've kind of said this before too. Of you know, you have all these stickers on your computer. We have, say, we have all these drawings on the wall. We mm-hmm. could have symbols baked into there that you don't know it's a symbol. Absolutely. And there are symbols all over the world and every day and in advertisement and shows that mm-hmm. we don't know what they mean, but somebody does. And I know that they're in there. I've seen them yeah. being broken down. We know they've been cataloged and documented like this is a legit, you know, symbol of this meaning. And yep. I don't really need to go into them. But, you know, when people are like, you're crazy, it's like, no, I'm not. Right. Like, it's a very easy medium to use. Television, yeah. obviously, I mean, that reaches everyone. It's what's well, called easy. programming for a reason, right? So, right. you know, they they bake these sigils and in these symbolisms into your psyche, yeah. So you become desensitized to it. So right. when it's shown in a, in a more uh, profound way, you're not as like scared of them, right? It's kind of like the UFO stuff right now. The more they keep pumping it out there, the more they make you okay with the idea. So when they do showcase whatever they're going to showcase, right, you're, you're going to be okay with it. It's it, a soft rollout at first. For, 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 for right. Jay from Crippers of the Corn, soft disclosure. <laughs> I know Justin <laughs> hates that word, but yeah, we love it. So yeah. we, we say that soft all the disclosure. time now. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely, definitely heard that. Give that disclosure some Viagra. <laughs> we, yeah. We did a disclosure event in 2019. and uh, some heart disclosure. That stuff was kind of, you know, the... Uh, 
sort of ascension movement and mm-hmm. disclosure and all this kind of UFO stuff and Q and a lot of things just kind of all merged in this that kind of world and sphere yeah, absolutely. Uh, a little bit. That was a big perfect storm too. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of energy going into – remember that, the amount of energy we were feeling before COVID hit and it was just like then it kind of all dissipated. Mm-hmm. COVID's over. What's happening? Is bubbling right back up, full right. steam. We're yeah. shooting down, uh, you know, yep. UAPs. Like we can't recover them. Well, they're telling us they're shooting down UAPs. They're not we UAPs. haven't seen anything. They're just telling us this stuff. Yeah. And, and frankly, uh, well, they showed us the one video. Right, well, we the, one, the one, the one over in was a Carolina that they shot down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that was one. the that was the admitted Ch- weather uh, Chinese well, spy balloon. Yeah, though. the other three in question that oh, we can't recover it. Well, what the, would you say? Get yourself some galoshes and get some Patagonia Get some Carhartts and some Patagonia gear defense, and, and get up there. The defense it's director in what Canada a, actually came out and said it was a balloon after they said yeah. they didn't know what it was. They yeah. said it was a cylindrical object. So they use these this verbiage yeah. to implant in your brain what they want you to think about it. They say cylindrical. They say Unidentifiable, yeah, unidentifiable, or or they'll say it's got a propulsion system that we don't know what it is. They'll say these things to make you think uh, UFO. Well, I think it's just the unveiling that they're going to have when they really want to move towards this NWO that they have had planned forever. I think they're moving towards that. So I showed him a clip the other day of uh, Weinstein or Weinstein on Rogan talking about, and he's a I don't know if he's a mathematician or physicist. physicist. It's it's really wild, man. Um, what they have right. have them doing, you know, and it, it's it even goes further with especially like you're talking about the occult, man. They really go far with that stuff. Did you see uh, Giselle and her new uh, like uh, her, Brady? Yeah, yeah. Or, They're about to be divorced yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Man, she was just Back. on the cover. Her first uh, her first uh, cover model on. I can't remember what. Uh, maybe it was Vanity Fair. I think it was. And, man, she just looks like straight-up devil in there. Even, like, her head is positioned with the O, and it looks like horns coming out. And just even what she's wearing is just like nobody's ever seen anything like that before. But she's kind of – but she's already been – she's a professed witch. I mean, she talks about it. I mean, what? if you hear – yeah, uh, Brady's talked about it. He said that during the football season – Is that why he's got seven Super Bowls? Before the seasons, he, oh, would, boy. he would talk to her about what he needed to do throughout the seasons – to achieve whatever great. and this is and listen this is nothing hard to find you can go on youtube and find him talking about her being a witch so this reminds me mm. of like uh uh, uh the robin Hood never Prince heard of this. thieves when he has to go consult the witch i think who's his <laughs> mother and she like oh yeah. up some bird's egg and puts some blood yeah. in there you know uh what's his name the actor alan rickman he's just always like consulting her like that's what that makes me think of like tom has this yeah. like you know Granny witch. <laughs> Predict the Super Bowl's form. That's too crazy. I've never heard that. That's yeah, awesome. It's it's pretty wild. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, I, I got to that point place in my life and I kind of split off and I, and I actually stopped doing music for a while, almost yeah. five years. I, I really just was trying to figure things out and yeah. moving to Cincinnati. Yeah. And I started doing music again. But really around 2020, I was I had been doing some music with Quan and he and I were close because he and his father and I had done music ages ago together. So I knew like him because of his dad. That's how we connected. Gotcha. And uh, we started doing music, but I, we had this idea of Van Tesla. And really where the name comes from is Van Gogh and Nikola Tesla. Mm-hmm. So uh, we always felt like they were these 
artists in their own way that were were underappreciated until after they died. Mm-hmm. I didn't know who Tesla was until I watched the movie The Prestige. Yeah. yeah. Not kidding. And I was like, who is this guy? Is that a real person? Yeah. Why don't I know about him? A lot right. of people don't. Didn't. They do now. Jack but. about him. Right. And so, well, there's also some weird stuff, too, if you start digging into Tesla, too, and like he's sure. been involved with as well, because it's said that he was part of a secret society with Edison and all them behind the scenes, like some very important guys. And said really? that him and Edison just were, they were part of this elite class of scientists and Jack Parsons and some correct. of those kind of people. They called it, Not well, then, and, and they released it. What was that Disney movie that they actually talk about it in the Disney movie? Part of that soft disclosure for Jay out there, but <laughs> it was, uh, the name of the group was called Plus Ultra, and that's what they were a part of. They they talk about it in the movie. It's just a small clip about it. Yeah. But, you know, they're going to show that kind of stuff in I, movies all the time. But it makes sense, yeah. doesn't it? Like, if you are Einstein, if you're Tesla, if you're Whoever, even in modern times today, mm-hmm. you're gonna get together. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, the, the stranger ones though are when you get like all of those minds together and they're flying on Epstein's flight. For sure, and when that's always like, that's like what what's happened to science? Yeah, and and I think too. I mean, you want to talk about what's happened to science? Go look at CERN. I mean, like really. I mean, you got you know what are these rituals going on down there? And you're saying it's you know just a bunch of nerds having fun. Like right. I mean, I've literally heard them say that. Like oh, they're just making jokes and laughing it up. I'm like in a bunch of hoods, like quote unquote fake sacrificing somebody. Like come on, man. Like this yeah, is- the effigies. <laughs> This is easy yeah. for people to find again. This is just right. stuff that's out there and right. that they do, but they, they make it like it's a joke. It's always a joke. Well, why is everything a joke so demonic? Like every single time. Like yeah. to me, it doesn't that's make a, any sense. It's a strange LARPing fetish. It is. And, you know, to you know, the point of some people, maybe it is. I highly doubt it, especially with a lot of things I've seen behind the scenes. And to that point, too, with the occult, especially when I was involved in, like, Freemasonry and I was trying to tap into the occult, like, that's what I really had, like, my first, like, really, like, met entities, talked to entities and these okay. type of things. I know this stuff exists. Yeah. Um, I, it's funny. My dad, my dad was a preacher, but before that, he was involved in, like, Satan worship. So he was, like, a, you know, not quite a Satanist yet, but he was working his way into it. And uh, he told me about a lot of this stuff, you know, and then I decided I want to go and try it on my own. It does exist. Like, these things will talk to you, and they will, you know, offer to help. And Wait, 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 what? Yeah. Absolutely. Not, not, don't. It's kind of like uh, certain commands I shouldn't know on my laptop because so, I can nuke my whole hard drive. <laughs> can you, without giving me those examples of how to do it, talk about that a little bit? As far as if you don't want to, I understand, but like, what, how it really. I got connected with some people that knew what they were doing in that world, mm-hmm. and that's what you want to do, right? You want to okay. try to connect into that. <clears throat> and then a lot of it was really the new age, man, like as far as like chakras and moving more into like meditations but using it in a form where you're trying to connect these entities because mm-hmm. that's really what it does it opens up these doors doorways and a lot yep. of people don't know that too when they're doing a lot of this stuff it's actually open up these doorways into this connection to these entities so, so you yep. mean same with yep. like maybe kundalini in that as far as that kind of yeah, absolutely that what that's doing as well mm-hmm. okay sorry mike yeah you're vibrating yourself at a high 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 level I had a. It's a hundred percent. You know, opening yourself up to, you could definitely. You know, there's. Yeah, I had uh, a good one the other day. Like 
started with the feet, like could feel the feet vibrating, like up the legs type deal. I think I was listening to some music and I just like hit like a good yeah zone because that's how I usually kind of do it. It's weird. I have yeah. some music to do. Yeah. But yeah, I was just wondering what do you do with that when you're in it and that's you're saying you kind of channel it or use that energy yeah you can yeah for sure i mean that's that's just one way that i was doing some things i mean outside of you know guys that knew how to read tarot and all that stuff when Mm -hmm. you're starting to get into that realm too um and honestly man it's when you open that doorway you don't know, necessarily know when it's going to happen. And yeah. one thing I can definitively say, I wasn't high, I wasn't drunk, none of right, this right. stuff was happening. Right. I was in total sober form. Sure. Um, and it wasn't like I was in some sleep paralysis state or anything like mm-hmm. that. However, they do show up a lot during those sleep paralysis states too. So that's yeah. that's not unheard of either. Um, but for me, going down that road and seeing those things and trying to tap into that energy to – harness into what I wanted to create life for myself. You know, I wanted to move into this like life of fame and fortune and all this stuff. Um, But like I said, I came to that crossroads, decided, you know, I wanted to be there for my family. It's something my my family taught me too. And I I just couldn't see myself quote unquote sacrificing them, not literally, but figuratively for this. Sure. And I think, you know, like I said, I stopped doing music, came, came to Cincinnati, started doing music again. But I guess 2020 hit. We came up with this idea of Van Tesla. Uh, end of the year, we started working on the first Van Tesla album. Uh, we released it. Uh, it started doing really well. Uh, one of the producers on the album got a hold of Tony Merkel, had sent him the album. And uh, he can tell it better than me, but he was taking a crap and he was listening. <laughs> He's like, oh, God, somebody send me music again. He'll literally say it like that. <laughs> and he played the first song and he was like, Man, I need to finish up. I need to go listen to the rest of this down in the studio. That's great. He did. He contacted me and was like, look, man, uh, I really love your music. Can I cool. use it on? Because he was doing like one of those uh, – yeah." Off the radar radio shows too at the time with the confessionals. So mm-hmm. I let him play like some of the music and ended up we talked and he wanted me to come out to Philly and do a show with him. Ended up going out to Philly doing a show. That's where I broke down some of the Freemason stuff. Again, I will I will only go so far, even with sure. him. Like I'm not gonna talk about a lot of things because one, I'm just not trying to get a lot of heat on me or my family or anything oh, like sure, that. Sure. So uh, there's some things I'll talk about that are, you know, very surface level and I can at least like around about touch about kind of mm-hmm. what goes on but mm-hmm. uh talked to him talked about what some of my paranormal experiences one one of my big ufo experiences i had in my life too so we talked about that stuff and then i left and he and I got really cool and then he was getting ready to go on expedition dogman uh to go hunt this dogman down and he hit me up he's like man i don't know if you're really into cryptids or whatever <laughs> and i'm like he's like i know you're yes i know you're against deep state and all that stuff yeah. and i was like dude i grew up in the mountains like i'm all about cryptids and all about the paranormal that's awesome uh he was like yeah man he's like uh one question you got artillery and i was like dude i don't talk about deep state the way i do without it so yeah for sure so he's like good good because we're gonna need that on this trip so yeah. ended up went down on the trip uh, with Ward, uh, he does a lot of stuff with Dark Holler, okay. uh, Christian Roper. Uh, he's he's been on a lot of treasure hunting shows and stuff. So we ended up going down there, and and I want to tell everybody about it on this thing. But go check it out on Amazon Prime. Yeah. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, we had 
a crazy experience. I saw s- some stuff I can't explain. I really can't. I don't know what it was. I know it wasn't um, anything explainable on that mm. trip. So we definitely had some really crazy things happen on that trip over the four days that we were you there. Yeah. Um, and what ended up happening was the film did really well. Um, and we ended up building a team, which it's bigger now. Um, but we go and hunt cryptids. Uh, the last one we did was we went out to Utah, out by Skinwalker Ranch, and we went hunting down Skinwalkers. Uh, we had some really, really wild stuff happen there. We caught a lot of stuff on camera too for people. So it's in, the, it's on the editing floor. It's really close to coming out. Cool. It'll be on Amazon Prime too. Be all that stuff streaming awesome. as well. Um, we're also getting ready to go on a third trip, which is going to be out in Washington State. And if anybody knows who Wes Germer is from Sasquatch Chronicles, yeah, um, he has a story where he met the. Bigfoot that dropped down and started walking like a spider. So we're actually what? going to go out where Wes is with Wes, and we're going to go out in the woods and hunt down this uh, spider crawling Bigfoot. Talk about this spider Bigfoot. I haven't I've heard never about heard of this that. one. So this that's, is something wow. that's relatively, I wouldn't say new because Wes was kind of the first one to come out with a story. And I don't want to tell Wes a story. He does it better oh, than yeah, anybody yeah, else. Totally. But he does talk about when he and his brother met these trio of Bigfoot out in the woods um, this one was kind of doing this bluff charge on the car that they were in. And after the other two had kind of scurried off, it dropped down in what they would call the spider position on all of its fingers and toes and dropped down in this weird like spider and then scurried off kind of like a spider. But since that story, he's not the only one that's had that story. Um, there's a, another lady in that area that had a similar story that it happened to also, Tony just did a show with a guy. He was an ex-police uh, officer. He saw one as well. It was it was a combination of Dogman and Bigfoot that were trying to attack them, and one of them dropped down in the spire position. So my personal thoughts on this is I think maybe they all can do that. I think this is how they, quote-unquote, disappear. I was going to say, so, uh, yep. I think that quantum Bigfoot, I love that theory, and I do think that they can slip in and out interdimensionally too. But I do think uh, that they – one of the quickest ways that they could get out of line of sight is to drop down quickly into the spider position. Mm-hmm. Also, if their footprints disappear, wouldn't that be an easy way too? If they dropped down in the spider position, got on their fingers and toes and scurried off. Well, you'd have to start Too looking at the tracks. Scene. You'd have to look at the tracks. And right. See, can you correlate? Are there? And how hard would it be to see that if they could move lightly like that too? You might not be able to catch it as easily as a, as a big, big foot that's foot. jumping. Yep. yep. Probably, but there'd still be, if they're leaving a foot imprint, let's say right. if, if it's the ground soft enough fingers. to leave a foot imprint their fingertips with i don't disagree with you but but here's the question would you even be looking for that if you're looking for feet prints what's what i'm saying now they'd be like more holes in Mm -hmm. the ground that'd be a new thing to start looking at if you do hit a set of tracks and you go right now let's go to the next troubleshooting uh line of let's look for fingertip and toe imprints right yeah for sure i mean it might be a tough one to catch but it's it's something to at least keep your eyes out for because i would not even thought of that wow so you got hooked up with wes's name uh, Wes Germer yeah. uh, from Sasquatch Chronicles. Uh, yeah, that yeah. show's awesome. So he and Tony are really tight. They're good friends. And, uh, you know, Wes doesn't do a whole lot outside of his show. He's got his own world that he's sure. built. And, uh, you know, he's a private guy. Uh, but he did want to do the show, with did do this uh, documentary with Tony and us. That's cool. And it's going to be really cool. I was supposed to be flying out tomorrow for it, but the weather's uh. so bad in Washington State right now, we had to Ooh. move the trip. So, Well, th- count yourself lucky then. 
to yeah. not be traveling in it, you know, that you didn't get out there and then get caught in it. Yeah. That would suck. It would have been awful. And there was going to be a lot of black ice. And we couldn't even get out into the woods. And if right. we did, what if we got trapped out there? No, that, no. that would suck, it's, too. It's yeah. better to wait. What's the working title of that project right now? Do you guys have? We don't have one yet. Yeah, we're, it's we're right now. Uh, we've got some an stuff expedition. floating around. Yeah, yeah for sure, for gotcha. sure. Um, we do have work we, now. We do have an actual title for the Skinwalker film. It's yeah. called The Shape of Shadows. So oh, that's cool. that's going to be the name of that. So the Skinwalker film you want out to Skinwalker Ranch. So we were at Skinwalker Ranch. So we were actually at a ranch that butts up next to Skinwalker okay. Ranch. So okay. we're on that property. You went to Basin. Um, yep, region. we were right in the Uinta Basin area. There's a property that. There's a guy that believes in all this stuff, has seen so much of that stuff. He <coughs> bought the property sure. uh, next to Skinwalker Ranch because that's the one thing people get it twisted. They think that everything just happens on Skinwalker Ranch. It's that whole area. It's a uh, whole I mean, basin, yeah. wild. Yeah. And, and this is really funny. The guy that bought it, the reason why he bought it, the previous owner was outside. And it was getting dark one night, and three dogmen jumped over a fence and started coming at him and he was shooting his gun at them and it was just going through them again those and bulletproof dogmen stories out there yeah he literally sold the ranch the next day after <laughs> that dude skinwalker ranch ever ever since i've heard of it and it crossed my ears years ago george now i perk up like a, a wild dingo when i hear it because i'm like i i think that's one of the places that if there is something wild going on it's got everything to have that mm-hmm. wildness going on it's right got everything like, yeah there, it, it's like uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind setting if you could move uh, uh, Devil's Tower to there. Yeah. Right? Because there's so many stories. of. There's a really wild story that I don't remember what podcast I was even listening to. And the guy was like, you know, I picked up a hitchhiker, and that turned out to be a skinwalker. And the, the police next day, they find this guy in his car. It's and he's Ryan just Burns. That's like, the guy that, that owns that's the, the guy. property that we That is wrong. the guy. Yeah. So yes. he owns the ranch that butts up next to it. That's wow. okay. So that's That's Ryan. what I thought it was when you said it, but mm-hmm. I wasn't sure. But yep. I heard his story on – it might have been Monsters Among Us with um, Derek Hayes. Mm-hmm. And I heard that story, and I thought, man, that is so wild. But then he had other stories of skinwalkers in, like, Florida where there was a police officer. They would, you know, travel these roads, and they were getting calls about somebody being on this property. And Yeah. So the rookie goes down and picks up this hitchhiker. <laughs> and then he tells all his other cop buddies, and they're like, you did what? And they're like, don't ever pick them up again. They're like, we know about it. It's a very well-known right, phenomenon. Right. It's, it's known there big time. And they just they are like, just don't pick them up. And this guy's like, are you kidding me right now? Like, it, it, you know, when you're first kind of approaching a subject that you've never known about, right. you find out that everybody's already in the room throwing this party and they've been in there for a while. Yeah. And you're like, what? How did I not know about this? And right. That's what we keep finding out, I think, through this show is just we're like, didn't know that one. I did not know that one. Like, I yeah. thought I knew a lot or at least, you know, had a broad. I've never heard of sky creatures yeah. in yeah. my life. Justin no. really kind of opened us up to the sky <laughs> creature stuff because that's kind of his really yeah. passion right yeah. there. He's a passionate sky man. Um, but, yeah, uh, to the to the you went to basin stuff. One thing we wanted to do with this film that's very going to be vastly different from mm-hmm. any of the other films and anything else that's out there about this about anything Skinwalker related. 
We want to do it from the perspective of Native Americans, which nobody's doing. Yeah, this is where the cool. lore started. This yeah. is, it's been around for hundreds and hundreds yep. and thousands of years. So why would you not go to the people? Get that side of but it. But they never do. Anytime you see anything, it's like it's hard the, to get in those areas, though. What's really part of it. What's really wild is though when you talk about the guys that are down there on Skinwalker Ranch and doing what God knows what over there. Um, they anytime they do whatever you know documentaries that come out of there, they'll every now and then have a Native American on there, but it's more of like a joke. It's, it's say like eh, it's paranormal stupidness, whatever. It's never to actually get their side of it and come from that angle. Yeah. And that's something we want to do. And shockingly enough, because we came in there with that attitude, the Native Americans there were so open to working with yeah, us. That's and very, awesome. And taking us around all over the place. That's awesome. Which was really cool. We had a one guy, Johnny, he was amazing. He he lived there a long time, but he's also traveled the world. And he took us to a lot of hot spots around there where there's all kind of things. They got these things called water babies. And they're, they literally are like, they look like babies and they float and swim around in the water. And they got these sharp, like piranha teeth. And he said, you can hear them wailing what? around like. What is uh, this? This is a real creature? Yes. So he told us the story of the water babies. And he said that you at night, you can literally hear them around dusk. You'll hear them wailing out there. He took us to the rivers where they're at. And He's like, you gotta be careful too. He's like, they'll come up out of the water. He told us a story about his great great grandfather was out there as a kid, and this he was digging around in like the sand, and this he dug up this water baby, and it popped up and tried to attack him. And his grandmother came in and kind of kicked it, and it ran back in the water. He said, but you can see them float if you're out on the river, you'll see them floating up out of the water and they just look crazy and they'll wail and they're like a whole creature out there. Yeah. It's just, so are they like ethereal? If they're floating, are they, or are no, they like physical? No, they're physical. He said they're actually physical. He, oh, he said wow. they obviously have some sort of, they can breathe in, in water. So there, there's this obviously so some sort wild. of maybe gill system that they have. He said, but they're not like. They're, water baby. They're, yeah, they're called wow. water babies, which My is mind really just got wild. Alone, bro. <laughs> Let's say what time is it? We're not done already. Are we? Jesus, nine eleven. Good grief. Yeah, that was just water one of the babies. crazy things that go on there. He told us yeah. about there's it's like the Skinwalker tales. There's so many different kinds of Skinwalker right. That's because true. the story is that these people do these rituals to shape be able shifters. to shape shift, yeah. right? And they kind of gravitate to one thing they like to shapeshift into. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what's really crazy is he said there's this one thing that's out. He took us to this river where all these uh, mesas were at, and it's so wild. This is where the water babies were at too, but he said there's this hoofed two-foot like or two-legged Almost like almost like a Mr. Tumnus, sort of like that 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 roams that area, Cheryl, uh, but a, but a lot more vicious than than Mr. Tumnus uh, from Lion Witch of the Wardrobe. So, yeah, he said uh, that exists out in that area too, and he's just talking about this so matter of fact, just hey, that everyone in the area knows the life this stuff. This that's is life, life out here. This that's, is life. That's out the here. kind of that's stuff it. that gives you chills when yeah. people are like, they, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, and they're like. No, yeah, it. I'm not even gonna get into a long story about it. It just is yeah. what it is. And I mean, and who are you to tell them right. that what they're seeing and what their belief is? Is yeah, I wholeheartedly believe they're seeing something for sure. Yeah, I mean, and the water babies thing is not unheard of in that area. But okay. we interviewed so many people. 
um, so many natives, and they all had just f- just wildest stories about UFOs, about things landing, taking people off. You yeah. had uh, just all kinds of just cryptid stuff going on there, too. I mean, yeah. it's just wild. And some of it I won't talk about here because it'll be on the film. Yeah. But, man, just some of the stuff that we heard. And, and listen— I'm balls deep in the high strangeness, so like I'm I'm ready to believe it all. It's funny because I do uh, I do uh, kill the mockingbirds with Sean. Sean's a little more level headed than me because yeah. he's yeah. very like geopolitical, like comparative to me. Like even though I'm very geopolitical too, he's very geopolitical. He'll break it down a million different ways. Yeah. He likes to do it in a way that the average person can understand. So he's sure. like, hey, we got these guys with a lot of money. You don't think they don't rub? elbows with the other guys that have money right. you don't think yeah. that they might do some things that are shady to obtain more to money, more money yeah. he'll power. do it in a way that makes sense to people right. where yeah. I'm just like they're reptilians man <laughs> they're coming for us right yeah. now this is what's going down you know what I mean yep. so like me I'm coming like all out with it yeah. especially on the show Right <laughs> now if I'm talking to the average person on the street I'm gonna be. Uh, I'm gonna schmooze them way more. You yeah, know, I'm not gonna right. hit them with like portal babies off the rip. Like I'm not coming <laughs> coming with that level. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> portal babies. <laughs> Hashtag. We gotta make Jesus. that a thing. I love it. Maybe that should be our. God. Wow. That's so funny. Yeah. Well, but I think it's one of those things too, and I've said it a couple of times in different episodes. As you get a little bit older, I don't know how old you are, but you know we've. We've been around this block for a long time yeah. of the first time you you start to really go, yeah, I think there's UFOs. And I think, and you start shouting into the rooftops, yeah. everybody, and people are like, not that interested. You're like, I'm just not going to tell you then because it's not yeah. really worth me trying to knock down your door mm-hmm. if you don't care. But once you start getting into the, the groups of people where you can discuss it and you can have these conversations, yeah. that's when I kind of feel it fire back up because I won't say it's dormant, but I don't really, I don't go around trying to tell anybody anymore because I'm just like, you you can figure it out on your own. If you start talking about it, I'll chime in, but I am done trying to like convince yep. anybody. I think too what's happened and especially since 2020, I think like a whole new like spiritual world's opened up for a lot of people that yeah. didn't know that that existed. Sure. I think they're very open. You know, I read an article the other day they said like from millennials down to the generations coming up that there is such a small fraction of people that are actually atheists anymore. Like it's such a small fraction because people just know there's just a bigger world out there than what right. that they were told. Right. So it's just, it's just so Something. much more to it. Yeah. Um, and I'm here to preach about how I feel about it today. But yeah, I think there is a, a definite spiritual tone. I think there's a spiritual warfare going on out in the world right now, especially when you come to these elites and these bloodlines and these things that I'm not going to get you banned for today. But yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Bring it on. <laughs> the wiki's calling. Let's go. <laughs> well. Hey, it's, dude, I'm not going to ever hold back your speech. I mean, no, feel yeah. free to. No, but I'm also respectful, too. And I feel like uh, one thing I we, do want to do we is. We don't get into that world a whole, whole lot. Right. I mean, a lot of those things, I just I just got really burnt out on it. Yeah. Like, my spirit just got fried out on just the darkness that you yeah. start uncovering. Like, right. You know, like you talk about the the bloodlines and, and some of these. Uh, right. And that's when, you know, you do start to. Um, and then, you know, Q just kind of ruined a lot of things for me and, yeah. uh, and, you know, some of the, which I think are things are psyops. Um, you know, we talked about Tartaria and flat earth and yeah, some of those sure. things. Um, my opinions on, on those things and have, 
Uh, haven't been like super public, but you know, with Tartaria, it's like come to Ohio. I'll show you a real lost civilization. Yeah, it doesn't have to be something. Is it fun? Yes, it's super fun to think about. Um, it's just that there are so there's so much more evidence for lost civilizations that we're talking right. way it's, back. It's um, unbelievable. We're not talking a couple thousand. No, we're no, talking no. Millions. We're talk, right, and that's what and that's the thing too. You have to like lock into. Um, so. Just so you guys like, I'm a Christian, so like I have a, a viewpoint that comes from a biblical aspect. But I tend to piss a lot of Christians off because of how I view the world and how I think that it's so much bigger. Because one of the things that the Bible does for me is it's it teaches me how I need to treat other people. Sure. But one of the things that's not specific about is a lot of the things that have happened in history and how long the how old the Earth actually is. I know a lot of the, like the conventional Christians was like the Earth's only six thousand years yeah. old. That's it's not possible. No. But I can tell you just from the first two books in the Bible, will tell you that that's not the case though. So okay. like Genesis one yeah. one says God created the heavens and the earth, but Genesis one two says the Earth was without form and void. Well, that doesn't make any sense because if God created something to be perfect, right? Why is it without form and void here? That's called gap theory. There's like a billions and billions of years in between there sure. because the earth was destroyed. Uh, when the deluge happened, when Noah got on the ark, God told him that he would never destroy the earth by water again. Again is the key word there. It didn't so mean that he before. hadn't done it before right, right. or there in were the things that happened before, like Atlantis However didn't exist many times. before. Right. People yeah. talk about Adam being the first man. Well, Adam was like the first created in God's image. That had nothing to do with what was before all that, though. There was all kind of things going on before that, though. I believe there was angel civilizations that were going on all over the planets yeah. at that time, though. I think there were angel wars going on that time. I think it yeah. was it was a different time period, right? Even after Adam came along, and when you start getting into the very first secret society, the Brotherhood of the Snake, and you talk about Cain's bloodline and yeah. the Nephilim that came out of that bloodline, when you start getting into that stuff, yeah, the fallen angels were very, very intricate in their in their design and how they how they did it. I don't think that the alien theories are far off from what the fallen and angel theories are, I think they kind of mesh together. And I think maybe people view them in different ways when maybe they're kind of the same thing. And I think that's where I get that, that whole analogy from, right? Yeah. You start talking about like the Anunnaki and you start getting into those theories too. I think it's flawed in some ways because I think here's the thing about Sumerian uh, knowledge. Sumerian knowledge is supposed to be like the precipice, right? The first stuff that we've ever found and everything right. else borrowed from it. That's why yeah. when people say like, well, the Bible's flawed because it borrowed from Sumerian culture. The issue with that is, though, um, when you're talking about Judaism and what came down from 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 Adam's bloodline into Seth's bloodline, everything was oral history. They passed it on orally for years, though. So nothing came into written scripture until Moses came to it. Okay. So really, when you think about Sumerian, they just really came from their point of view about what was going on. If you think about fallen angels or hell, man, the, in Psalm, it talks, Psalm 82, 1, it says, Elohim judged the Elohim. You know what that means? It means that God judged the gods. So literally the Bible says there's other gods. It wasn't just like there was just... It's the stories of the demigods. Correct. You've Saturn got all this stuff. Jupiter these are these and... fallen angels. These are these, these ones that left that created these civilizations and helped manufacture a lot of the stuff right. going on that's happened. Why do you think you've, we've seen so many 
fast advancements throughout time. It's because these fallen angels with their technology got integrated in with people and made it happen. I mean, look at Roswell, man. Like we had such a huge spike of technology after that incident that's verifiable. You know, around that well, time, the atomic you, bomb testing. That too. Thing. You talk about during those during that in like 1940s to 1950s part. You're talking about what was going on there too. You had the Nazis and everything else going on. So there was a ton of technology coming out of there too. Well, yeah. Were, yeah, the bell. Yeah, Nazi right. Bell. And and man, how, how I mean, how how many stories have we heard about? You know, aliens being in contact with the Nazis and creating stuff with the Nazis too. Yeah. Them the trying real, to get Antarctica, the all that stuff. Society. I, Correct. I still think yeah. they got to Antarctica. Well, I mean, the, absolutely. The, the, down there. the part of the SS um, that was kind of like the occult aspect, they were going to Nepal. They right, were going right. on trips all over the world looking for artifacts. I mean, absolutely. Indiana Jones, you know, covers it uh -huh. in the Hollywood way. But they really were doing that. And they were looking for this superhuman race that was living in the Himalayan mountains way up in the mountains of Tibet, visiting mm -hmm. these monasteries, yep. going down into these caves, um, you know, and a lot of that stuff stems from Madame Blavatsky, and we've talked about Charles Ledbetter and our friend DJ in southern India, where he's from, uh, speaks Tamil, which is the oldest language mm. in the world, the oldest spoken language, Yeah, that in Sanskrit, and they have one of the earliest um, uh, brotherhood organizations madame blavatsky lived in india for many many years right. studying uh, a lot of her works came out of that but you look at what she did with the theosophist man and how yeah. she bled it do you know that it bled all the way into the un so what they run mm -hmm. at the un came from her they have this whole occult angle with the un that came all the way from her teachings so it's really wild when you think about it that do you know that the, and this is wild too lucifer printing was the what bled out of the theosophist, and it actually w is what became the UN's form of propaganda that they push out now. This is verifiable on Wikipedia at that. This is not something you have to dig that hard really? to find. Yes. So it's really wild, though, when you think about this whole, like, why is it always this Lucifer thing? Why is it always this Luciferian angels, angle? The that fallen they, angel. Correct. And that's yeah. my take on it. And I think that... I think that these religions, I think all these gods existed. I think people saw them. I think they connected with them. I think they created life with them. I think that's part of that, that what, what the, a lot of the ancient alien guys think, the, the uh, DNA splicing, all that. You got to understand something. If you got a guy that like created everything, right, um, they watched him do it, right? They're not going to be able to do it. Yeah, like he does it. Right. They're gonna mimic it as best they can. They're gonna create shit. This is what they do. Right. It's, it's they're they're going to try to uh, copy what they can because they mm -hmm. they ultimately their goal is to win. They know they're not going to, but that's their goal, and they want to take as many of us out with them. So it's part of it. And here's here's the weird thing. Uh, as much as me being a Christian, though, I hate the church, man. I hate how it's been infiltrated and how people they just suck people's dollars away. You know, I just listened to the Pope the other day say that you can't connect with God without us. Literally says this on like stage. This is the just medium the other day. for your connection. We are the medium. He yeah. said it was harmful to think otherwise. So when my wife and well, I that's got married, they used to pay people for <laughs> prayers. Right. Yeah. It was pay for play. Yeah. Right. When we you got know, married, my mom really wanted rackets. us to have a, a Catholic wedding. Yeah. And I was like, we're not gonna. And finally I was like, okay, fine. You know, we'll have a Catholic priest do the wedding. 
she said, but you're getting married outside. And I said, God can't see me outside. Yeah. We don't need a Catholic priest. Well, and that's so true, though. I, I was mind blown. Yeah, it, it really is like the, but the church was infiltrated a long time ago, uh, really at the Roman Catholic. That was when it really kicked Way off. Way long time and ago. And what they did was they had a really smart, and these Luciferians had a really masterful plan. They infiltrate the church, right? They take all the supernatural out of it. That aspect of getting to God, all right. the weird stuff, the Nephilim. Well, that's, that's the missing years of Jesus, Correct. Too. Then on the flip side, they make it super attractive to want to be a part of the occult because now you can get in contact with these entities. You can see these powers, these things that really God never wanted us to be away from in the first place, but they've separated mm. both ends of it to make you – to get access to it, you need to go to this dark side. Yep. But if you go over here, you're just giving us your money and we're still you know, siphoning right. off your energy. Right. But I, I like that. this light and dark – um, I dichotomy. Like, I like what you're saying though too, and I've I've I say it, and I I know it probably offends people, but I'm like the Pope's just a guy. You know, he literally is. He's That's just it. a guy. I could be the Pope. Anybody, <laughs> anybody could be the Pope. <laughs> literally, anybody could be the Pope. I'm not joking. <sighs> if you want to go do it, I guarantee you can you figure could out how to do it. A priest and work go your be way the Pope. up and better link up with them Jesuits. Yeah, I was gonna say he's the, <laughs> first Jesuit, the first Jesuit. But what I'm saying, he, Jesuit, he's the, not the black. Pope. He didn't jump down off a cloud. He wasn't sent down here by a lightning bolt. Absolutely. He changed his coat one day, and now he's the Pope, and he wears the hat, and he's the Pope. And great. Yeah, we grew up Catholic. Yeah, and they're yeah, just. And, and the thing about the Pope is too. I mean, he's just the puppet. I mean, if you really look at it, you've got the right. Black Pope and the Gray Pope. You've got the you black know nobility. a Tura Sosa. You know, all I don't those even guys. know. But what, what what is all this? I don't know if we have enough time for all those. How many avenues of popes are there? So you've got really three <laughs> different popes. You've got your uh, you got your white pope, the one that you always see, the okay. figurehead, right? But he's the first Jesuit, which is really crazy because yeah. the Jesuit order is really the one that does all this weird stuff, right? They're the ones that run like the Lucifer telescope out in Arizona. They're what? doing all that stuff. So you got the Jesuits who are they're kind of like that like dark side of the Catholic Church, the ones that are. Running around doing the esoteric. They're side the, of yeah, they're the movers and shakers, right? Okay. Um, so Atura Sosa, he's the one that runs, and they call him the Black Pope. He's like the head of the Jesuit order, but he is he's he is a pope as well. But then you've got what they call the Gray Pope, which is Pepe Orsini, and the Orsini family. If you know anything about the Orsinis, they have literally had like five popes come out of them. I think right. it's like thirty something cardinals that have come out of their family. Uh, they're one of they're those banking families, basically. Yes, they're one of those elite bloodlines that you don't really hear a lot about. They're the ones. I always That's say the that the ones you never hear about. Right, the actual elite bloodlines. You not the Rothschilds. It's no. those guys. And you don't know their name. They're like and the Rothschild, JV team. Yeah, the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers. I do consider elites, but what they were created to do, yeah, they were, they like were the created JV to be the front men to take the heat. Yeah. So they're part of that group, but they're like, look, you guys are just going to be there to be the, the figureheads shield. to take the heat, yeah. so people can have somebody to point fingers to. The other ones, you'll never know their names. They don't have social security numbers. They, they the world the Medici's, is their country. All all those like folks. they don't there's no such thing as country lines with these people like this is their playground this is right. what they do they're part of these elite bloodlines that i believe come from the nephilim bloodlines because why else would you think you're better than everyone else and everybody else would say they're reptilians or whatever like i do think reptilians exist i don't think they're part of the bloodlines though i think 
personally that the elite bloodlines come from the Nephilim bloodlines because how else would you think you're better than everyone else if you think if you literally had the blood of the gods in you? Even if it's a diluted bloodline, it's still the yeah. blood of the gods. So you would look at everyone else's peons, not because you have more power, not because you have more money. It's because your blood is literally has the blood of the gods in it. The, right. These fallen angels, these Nephilim like bloodlines. And I yeah. think that's why they feel that way. And I think that's I why they see that. move that That's way. why Hitler was obsessed with the occult and trying to figure all that out. Hey, there's it a, was all part of that. There's a there's a whole rabbit hole with him that he's actually a Rothschild that he oh, was yeah, actually for implemented sure. He was the there. maid, mm -hmm. uh the mother of the maid. Mm-hmm. Of Baron von Rothschild, <laughs> just like cleaning house in the morning. Hey, hey, you know, right? And then, really, yeah, I didn't know any of that. The maid of Baron von Rothschild is supposedly Hitler's uh, the mother. love child. It's uh, wild. The love child. and a lot of these guys are implemented in there. So when you look at one of the games that the elites like to do is implement people in power. Um, or even celebrity, because that is power, too, because that helps sway oh, yeah. the people. Yeah. What they do is, though, they have surrogates that they have these these kids with, and what they do is they put these kids into these families. Like, they had them, but they groomed them to take these places. So they don't have the last name. So they're a kid in another family. Well, think about it. If everybody had the last name Rothschild, Rockefeller, hey, wait a minute, we're going right. to stop this, right? You don't want to, not people every name. People like, I think something's off yep. here. Right, right, for sure. <coughs> it's like the whole guy, not to get on the cue thing, but it's like the whole guy from Pizzagate, right? That ran Pizzagate. I forget his name now. The guy that ran the pizza shop in... Elephantus. There you go, Elephantus. But there was a whole thing about him being one of the Rothschilds, too, that it tracked all the way back to, like, the early 1900s, and it was he was a bastard child, and basically he was set to eventually his bloodline was going to do this whole thing. Yeah. So. Man, if they're that meticulous all the way through the years that they really do people... That's the thing that's... It's like it's hard to give them that much credit, but you know, are they really thinking that long game ahead? But think about it. If, if you're thinking about entities that are helping you do that, they're, but, they've got the long. They're able to see things on a whole different scope. I was about to say, if you're thinking if of they are doing, if that, you're playing yeah. a game like that, a you've been playing that game longer than any of us are even aware of it. Mm -hmm. How do we even strategize what they're doing if that's happening? Right. We we can't even. It's that whole ceiling factor, right? It's the like uh, the. The flies in the jar thing when you put the lid on. Like, we've had the lid yep. on for so long. We don't Please. know where the, the the roof is. And it's the whole thing Three. of saying you've got to be Facts. a member of this occult to get to God or have that power. Mm -hmm. You know, it's limiting. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of like Hollow uh, Sky was talking about with the, the Black Pyramid and the, whether or not the pyramids Kyle? are, uh, um, like, conscious suppression devices. Yeah, they're sending out, like, signals that are mm. suppressing our consciousness. Right, because— Keep us in that jar. We can only jump this high. I'm never going to try to be any more than that because I don't think it's possible. Right. And I know that phenomenon just because the first time I actually went to college, I did what you did. I My mom would ask me, how's college? And I was like, it's great. <laughs> and then I got home, she looked at my grades, and she said, you didn't do very well. And I said, well, you never asked me how I was doing at college. You just said, <laughs> are having you having a good time. fun? And I was like, it was the best year of my life. Having a great time. You know? But uh, just that whole kind of phenomenon of, uh, yeah, like, you know, not knowing what you can accomplish, right? And once I actually graduate and got out, I was like, "Oh, I can do college. I can do that." You got to make a lot of mistakes when you're young, dude. Yeah, like, you got to allow yourself to do that too. One thing I wanted to do with yeah, my kids is they got for older, sure. is allow them to make mistakes. Oh, you're gonna fall, you know. And and 
and my family, they, they did their best. I, I, I think it's funny now how different they are than back when I was a kid, right? You know, I don't blame them for anything like that. You know, in some ways, though, I wanted to take what they did but also do something different with my kids, too, where it's like, you know what? Fine tune. Listen, and, and I, I tell my kids all the time, find your own path. Like, I, I'm not going to tell you, you. You come to me for advice, I'll tell you. If I don't sure. agree with something that you're doing, I'll tell you. But that doesn't mean that you can't go out there and screw up because that's the only way you learn, too, sometimes yeah. is screwing up. And I know for me, I screwed up a lot. And that brought yeah. me to where I am Amen. now. Same. So I've got a a certain... You know, I'm able to talk about the occult in some ways that other people can't talk about because I've seen certain Big things. I've, sure. I've been a part of that. Also, that's what drove me so hard to want to do music the way I do now was to connect with people in a different way that they could see a, a different side of music but also make it good because the thing that always just irked me so much with like – Good artists was they always got eaten up by the system. It mm-hmm. just it's inevitable. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Chewed for up, me, spit up. Right, and I wanted to be, I wanted to bring that aspect in some ways, like. I don't, you know, some people think I'm like a conspiracy rapper. I'm really not, though. I just feel like I speak the truth in whatever I do because there's a lot of songs, man. I'm just talking about family and everything else, like just normal yeah, stuff. Yeah. I think it's important to have that wide scope. Do I have some songs where I'm banging on the system? Absolutely, because that's how I'm feeling that day. But I think that being authentic is just what I want to be as an artist. Yeah. And even as a podcaster, anything that I do, I want to be authentic. Am I always right? No, I'm probably 50-50, maybe even more that I'm wrong. But sure. that's just because I'm trying to seek the truth. And seeking yep. the truth, you're going to be wrong more often than not. You know why? Because they never tell us the truth. So we're going to be sitting here trying to make, find it find all the time, own. and we're going to make yeah. it up. Like, that's 100%. what's going to happen. Like, <laughs> like Q and all the other flatters. And, you're not wrong there. And, I would say and with, Tartaria. With and, Q, I would say they're probably about 65% right. Well, I think a lot of stuff that they got that came truths. out was true, but I felt like that they implemented so much stuff like Donald Trump the being a time traveler. I'm like, and, God, yeah, like, like, are we on this right stupid. now? Are we talking about him being a time traveler? And listen, I'm willing to go there, man. Like, listen, I'm willing Let's to go, go all the way there. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, this dude's a time traveler. Like, come on. Like, do they worship this guy because he's a god? And I'm like, what is going on right now? Like, listen, man, you want to vote? Cool. Like, you and I talked about it on the phone. Like, I don't vote. And I know people are like, you're not American. Like, no, that yeah. is my vote. I'm not voting. I voted once. Yeah, I hear you. I don't vote because, like, that's my vote. Like, if everybody decided that they were like, you know what, this system sucks, ball sack, we're not going to go vote. You know what happened? If everybody stayed at home and then all of a sudden you just saw all this stuff moving, like all these people were voting and you knew they weren't, you knew they were screwing around. Like, we know they are now. They do it every election cycle. It never fails. They all say the same shit. They all do the same thing. It never ends. It goes back to high school government class when it was the hanging chads with G-Dub and uh, Gore. Oh, my God. You know, it happens on each side, and it's been going on since I've been being taught about it. And I still remember the voting machine company then where... Like the bushes had share uh, (laughs) holding a whole bunch of shares in the company that was creating the voting, like building the voting machines, writing the software. It's like, you know, there's family ties with like shareholders in the company. And they do. uh, And. Jay, you're gonna love me. Stop disclosure, man. What was the show with uh, Kevin Spacey? The the one that was really big on Netflix. House of Cards. House of Cards. I love that yeah, show. Yeah. There was a whole thing about the voting machines on that They're show. Hundred percent. And they was. literally, it was and like, man, it. it was almost like it mirrored what they was about you. to happen. They sh- yeah. <laughs> right. 
It's yep. just so and, crazy. To and me. then they just killed off Kevin Spacey without oh, even God. killing him that off in sad. an episode. Uh, you know, and I was like, yeah, that guy sucks. But they all do that. I'm like, you know what? If I, I don't know, I, I, I Dave Chappelle said it best too. He was like, they couldn't have waited until after that season to put that out there. I like, know, <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, my God, man. Yeah, y'all get me fired up today, which is great. I, I love, love it, it, dude. Yeah, Shout all you up. want. Get it out. I yeah, love man. it. Uh, yeah, but but seriously, though, I think for me, like, you know, when I started going into music and I got to that phase where I was like, this is what I'm going to do musically. I know I'm rolling the dice hard because yeah. I'm like, nobody's doing anything like this. Nobody's right. really coming out. There's been a few artists, I'd say, over the 2020 on where they really kind of came out and were like busting loose that yeah. had some decent platforms. But I know for me, I was like, I'm going to do it in a different way because there's like, you know, I sing. I do a lot of different genres of music. Yeah. It's not just hip hop. So yeah. like for me, I wanted to be able to talk about things uh, that are truthful, at least in my world, that could connect with people in a way that sometimes, uh, you know, my engineer says it all the time in the studio. He's like, it's man, it's like you're crooning them to the truth, man. He's like, they don't even know. They're just like, oh, this is a great vibe. And then before you know it, I'm sliding I'm in like them. Pelosi and like all this <laughs> stuff. And, it, and, and I like to do that because it allows me to, man, this guy makes really good music. But then he's also talking about some things that most guys won't have the balls to do. Right. And I want to do that with anything that I do. And I don't want to do it just for that reason. So I know yeah. some people yeah, do things clout. to get people's attention <clears throat> yep. or whatever else. No, I'm just being me. This is how I am all yeah. the time. I, I If I see something that I, that doesn't make sense to me, I'm going to ask the questions. I'm going to wonder why. And I'm probably going to start theorizing. You know, there's there's two things. There's there's conspiracies. There's, and there's conspiracy theories. Mm -hmm. Conspiracies have happened. We can go and look oh, at those. Conspiracy like just Operation Mockingbird, which is why we call ourselves Kill the Mockingbirds. Sure. Yep. Operation Mockingbird. Bird, Operation sure. Paperclip. These are things you can go to CIA.gov well, and they talk about. People don't know enough about <clears throat> Operation Mockingbird and the no. declassified documents. That no. I mean, you can literally. That's what I read most about when I was in yeah. my phase. Were those white papers yeah. of those of legit psyops on, you know, Martin Luther King, the the civil rights movement, yeah. um, the far left environmental. They were tracking everybody and yeah. using everybody against the Black Panthers. Yeah, using right. them against each other, where the the leaders would start infighting because you have FBI agents literally embedding themselves yeah. in all these little organizations, um, and then you have with uh, you know bringing in uh, producers and. And, and uh, editors at papers, yes, and the bringing the press right. uh, into the fold, and essentially, I mean, that's Mockingbird is all about. Right? But there's the whole is bringing the media into the fold. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's the whole experiment too of like, say, um, they did them. I want to say in like the 50s or 60s, where say, say there's a class of like 30 of us, mm -hmm. and it's everybody's in on it except for like one person. Of where they say two plus two is what, and the guy says four, and the rest of the class says five. Right. And he's like, what the hell? And they keep doing it. And finally, yeah, he assimilates. You... Yeah. He doesn't want to be outside of the group and be ostracized for being wrong anymore, right. even though he's right. That We know that's that's been a test that's been run and proven. Yeah. They know how to shape you know, your your thought pattern. You could look at Bernays with propaganda and inventing PR. I mean, look at and coming out and all the way through his bloodline in Netflix. All, all, <laughs> all, all he looked at, his daughter his daughter said all he looked at was groups. He did not see individuals after a while. Mm -hmm. All he could see was groups 
of thought. He well, could not see individuals because he knew how to control people so well. Yeah, through advertising, through propaganda, that it was I, like. I mean, you've seen that Yuri Gergeria, the, the Yuri Geller. Uh, no, 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 no. It's the uh, former KGB. Oh, uh, propagandist. Oh, I thought you were talking it's about an the interview guy that in the nineteen nineteen eight. That's it's like Cosmonov or, or I, I know what you're talking about. But uh, it's an interview like in the 70s. from the 1980s or whatever it is. But, you know, he's basically saying, hey, we're playing this long game to change your culture. Yeah. We're doing it through the media. We're doing it through all these different organizations. Yep. We're yeah. feeding it through universities. We're mm-hmm. feeding it through, like, we're getting these extreme ideas into your culture. Right. And it's going to take about 30 to 40 years. And yeah. that's where we are right now. We're at, like, that what he was talking about, that 30-year mark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, gosh, I wish I knew what the name of, of that interview was. Oh, I can But if it. you just Google or YouTube um, former KGB mm-hmm. um, talks about, you know, how they're using in our own country – uh, the media and getting in with editors and producers of TV shows back then. And, they've been doing it forever. And at the FBI, they've all been doing it. Yeah. And Operation Mockingbird. Yuri Yuri Bezmanov. Yuri Bezmanov. Bezmanov. It's there a, there it's a it is. really interesting. We can put that in the description. Yeah, we'll bit. put it in the show notes. It's it's really good. And he's he's like the guy you said earlier when he said, "Yeah, we have water babies. Yeah, we have skinwalkers." You see this guy, and he's like, "Of course, we're doing this right now." Yeah. He doesn't even. It's. You, it's chilling how how nonchalant he is about it. He's like, yeah, of course, it's what we're doing. I'm telling you what we're doing. Yeah, it, and it's really wild too. You know, even the Mockingbird media, like how it even spread into music and all that too. Yeah, and I right. mean, it, it it's so wild. Which um, became Monarch. Oh my God, it, it's really yeah, that programming too. Yeah, you got it, you got so much that spread out into that. But even just the base level, you made me think of something when you talked about uh, Black Panthers, right? So I thought about Cointel Pro and what they were yeah. doing back then when they were infiltrating a lot of these groups. Like mm-hmm. people forget that the Black Panthers were infiltrated. So was uh, KKK. Yeah. Like a lot of these civil unrest groups were immediately tapped right. uh, to control. Uh, the Black Panthers were highly controlled, especially during like the panther 21 trials because what's so this leads into tupac i'm leading into some music here so what's really wild is uh, at kill the mockingbirds we actually did a uh whole podcast it was about a, an hour and a half yeah tupac's it's, parents were black Panthers. it's called the uh <clears throat> the tupac psyop that we just did and we did some deep dives on on Pac and how he was actually cultivated to control people so it's really wild his mom was a part of the black panthers but she was part of this Panther 21 trial. She gets, quote, unquote, pregnant when she goes into this trial. So she's been locked up this whole time. Nobody ever sees her pregnant. There's no pictures right. of her pregnant, anything like that, right? So she goes to this 21 trial. She's the only one out of the 21 that actually defends herself. They all get exonerated. She leaves and has Pac. Like, literally, nobody, again, sees her pregnant. There's no pictures of her pregnant, nothing. But And people try to push this back. It's like, well, how many pictures back then were there of people? There's tons of pictures of her during the trials, during like not during the trials, but before the trials, like all these events where she was, you know, rioting, all this stuff. There was a lot of her out there because she was pretty big within the Black Panther community. Okay. So when she gets really, she has Pac. It's not even his real name. So... He his it was Lassane uh, uh, Crook was his real name. She changes it three days after he's born. So we're getting into that numerology now. There's a lot of numerology when it comes to Pac, the threes and the sixes and all that throughout his whole life. So 
you know anything about Pac, though? He went to acting school. He yeah. really wasn't this, like, hood character. He went to mm-hmm. Juilliard. Yeah, Correct. He was, that's how he met Jada Pinkett. And Correct. He went to really fancy exactly. theater school. So that's a, that's a big red flag there because he didn't have that that hood lifestyle that wasn't really where he came from. Really, there's a lot about Pac we don't know, like in those early years. We don't know really where he came from, what happened to him or anything like that. We just know what they told us. And this is, it was very mm-hmm. easy back then to control people, not like it is now where social media and you have to yep. really like really work hard to manipulate people now because people can find out things now a little easier. Back then, it's very easy to distract people. So when you get to Pac, man, and everything that happened with him, he had such a really weird dichotomy when he got into the game. Right. So a lot of his stories didn't add up. Like early on when he came out, he talked about, you know, how he came how he came up in the industry. Well, his story changed by the time he got later on when he was like thug life. It changed a whole a whole different spectrum of how it happened early on. Well, he went on. from Dear Mama to basically those On two- the same album he would do it. It was yeah. almost like a weird like jump from like he, it's almost like he catered to women on one end and then to like this thug lifestyle for men on the opposite end of it. So maybe he was just a marketing genius. I think there's a part of that for sure, but but there's a lot. Of, I watched a uh, documentary with uh, Too Short, and Too Short knew him back then and said that when he would meet Pac— uh, it's an old interview. Uh, when he would talk to Pac, he was a different person, different times he would meet him. He was like, it was almost like I was talking to somebody completely different than mm. the guy I talked to the day before. Like a split personality? Yeah, almost? and I think that goes back to when you're talking about Monarch programming, when mm-hmm. it goes into MK Ultra and all that stuff. If you've got somebody that's been MK Ultra since birth, yeah. they're, they're, they, you can program them to be different people yeah. at different times. Well, and we have— I have uh, a documentary I want to turn you on to. We'll talk about it after You have show. Uh, Kaczynski? Right, yeah. Manson. They yeah. were all in CIA programs. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, Manson was going to, to the uh, um, medical facility yeah. in the Haight Ashbury, yeah. and wild. getting and Jolly West <laughs> and all these psychiatrists that are a part of the program that comes out years later, and just so happens the last guy to visit Jack Ruby before he was assassinated, Jolly West, just so happens to be running some uh, bizarre, you know, illegal. You know, Operation Dosing Johns and oh uh, god, handling Charles Manson, dude. His, uh, you know, Tom O'Neill wrote a book, uh, Opera, uh Chaos. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever, I haven't read, heard it. of uh, Chaos. Was but, it Chaos or Helter Skelter? No, Helter Skelter chaos. is the mainstream version. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, by um, you're the, right, the prosecuting attorney in the case. His name is slipping my mind right You're now. You're right. I, I know what you're saying. But now. that was his theory was Helter mm-hmm. Skelter. Right. And that he had this crazy race war idea and the Beatles and playing the White Album. Back. That was all kind of a cover. All of that was a cover. Well, they Manson do that talked, as a cover a lot. Yeah. Manson talked about it in prison, that Helter Skelter and all that was bull. And he just used it to write a book to become famous. Mm. And Tom O'Neill just completely destroys that whole entire narrative and and essentially ties Manson to these MK Ultra programs. Oh, it doesn't surprise me at and, all and with him because yeah. he const- he got arrested like five times within that short yeah. period. When he got out of prison, and I think it was sixty four or five, mm-hmm. he had a stretch where it was just a few years where it leading up to the Tate uh, LaBianca murders, mm-hmm. and within that time, he had gotten arrested multiple times. He was up to no good and was let back out. (laughs) Yeah. And they, you know, Tom O'Neill's trying to track down his uh, 
parole officer at the right. time, which has all these weird connections where he's got meetings with these psychiatrists right. j- that are connected to Jolly West and all these other CIA front operations. It is super, super wild. It but, took him over 20 years, Tom O'Neill, to write that book because he just kept getting like JFK would come into the picture. Like there's all these little things that all these guys were connected with that right. he found out too that's just like that's a whole nother book. I only touch on yeah. Jolly West and how he was actually involved in the Kennedy assassination. Yeah. Right. And was the last person to visit Jack Ruby. Two days later, Jack Ruby was acting all crazy. <laughs> and then he was, you know, taken out as well. Yeah. Who was the guy that, you know, Jack Ruby shot um Oswald. Yeah. And Shows up uh, a visit from Jolly West. Next thing you know, Jack Ruby's just out of his gourd. Nobody knows what's going on with this guy. You know, he just goes crazy. Well, that's a telltale sign of some MK Ultra too. I mean, especially if somebody's like flipping their dosed him or something. Yeah, gave him a too. whole big dose of LSD. Or there was a lot of that going on back in the day. Right. Yeah. What you just said though, too, uh, with Manson repeatedly getting locked up and then mm-hmm. getting out yeah. made me think of Pac, too. So mm, Lord right. Jamar talks about Pac. He used to ride around in a car full of weapons, no license plate at <laughs> all on the vehicle, would get pulled over and immediately let go, like, all the time. This was a known fact that he drove around like this. Nobody's doing that. I don't care what race you are, either. You, Us three aren't doing that right now. No. So it's right. not happening. So how is this high-profile guy who's screaming thug life, for that matter— Tons of weapons, tons of drugs in the vehicles that he's in with never a license plate on it, getting pulled over and immediately let go. Well, clearly he's involved with something going on with some three-letter agencies. Yeah. It, it just has to be well, at that point. And I don't know a lot about rap. I've listened to some rap in my life. Right. I won't claim to be aficionado by right. any means. But I do know that there is a whole concept of, like you're saying with Tupac, is you're speaking about one thing, but mm-hmm. you haven't lived it. Right. Like right. you're projecting this really hard image and don't get me wrong. I'm sure there are rappers out there and I know 50 cent got shot however many times. And I know some of it's real. Right. Yeah. But I know that there's another part of it where you're speaking of. It seems more of like, is that an engineering to absolute kind of an ends to a mean of saying we're going to speak this into truth. He was built to be the black messiah for black people, and that's what he was built to do. Like they needed uh, like a savior for that community, a a controllable savior. And it wasn't – if you ever notice, a lot of people are like, man, Tupac's against the system, man. He was always railing. Like he really wasn't, though. If you listen to his music, he just would talk about the police a little bit. He never like pointed fingers or called out names or made it like a mission like some rappers have to go against the three-letter agencies. He doesn't – he never did that. And honestly, a lot of what he – he taught and preached was really counterproductive to, for lack of better word, black community at the time. Like it, it really wasn't good. Early Stuff on, that- I think he did, but uh, maybe later on. But I know early on, he he definitely was a totally different guy. Well, uh, yeah, that's when he was coming out the daishikis and all that, and like he kind of came with well, that. And then he switched. Then it was later on. He Then it was just like thug life, and then he was just coming out with this whole different persona. And it was like I felt like that got him in to then be able to create this persona. And maybe that's that MK Ultra too, where you got these different personalities that you can click on like a switch. Like Britney. To, to move. Yeah, yeah, that too. Jeez. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, we could keep going down that whole <laughs> dark alley of incident after incident of going with 
Katy Perry with her eye like glitching like a robot at the show that time. That was a weird one. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that. I've seen it. Yeah, yeah okay. it's wild. She's like, yeah, and her she eyelid tapped herself open up. back into whatever she like, was out of, trying to turn on her eyelid like yeah. her iPhone. Like, come on, tap, tap. Uh, it's I can't put a lot like t- <laughs> that stuff to take up much real estate in my brain. I love talking about it. It's so fun and interesting, <laughs> but it really does like to take up a much. lot of real estate in <laughs> right. my being. Right, is too much. It's like I can't be thinking about all that. And and really, I talked about it before, but that's how I got so obsessed with the oh. lost civilizations, yeah. ancient civilizations, oh, earthworks, shit. and and. You know, discovered all this amazing stuff in our own backyard here in Ohio. Yeah, is because I legit just got fried and burnt, and from and like you said, you don't have to dig that deep. If anybody looks into this stuff, yeah, obviously have a very open mind. Um, But some of these things are are a hundred percent things that I've looked into, and um, you know, to each their own. Believe whatever you know resonates with you, but. Uh, there are things that we don't – people – the public yeah. doesn't understand that's kind of going on in the undercurrent Absolutely. of our culture, whether it's movies, like you said, music, yeah. um, controlling stars in some way to <laughs> kind of navigate culture in a way. Thank you all so much for listening to part one of our episode with singer, songwriter, and co-host of Kill the Mockingbirds, Joel Thomas. This episode is very different from any episode we've done so far, and that was such an unexpected conversation with Joel, and I'll admit it kind of took me off guard with the direction we went. The dark side of the music industry and government operations and the media and culture are topics I haven't sucked my teeth into in a very long time. Joel has an extremely unique perspective with him trying to rise up in the music industry early in his career and being a former Freemason. This is the first time I've ever heard Joel talk about this on anyone's show, so we were super fortunate to have him share such a personal experience with us. And of course, anytime I get a chance to talk Tupac, I will. Thank you all for listening to this episode and having an open mind and heart And make sure you stay tuned for part two of this episode with Joel Thomas. It'll be coming out next week. Be sure to check out everything Joel is doing with Kill the Mockingbirds, Fantasla Music, and Merkle Media. Be sure to check out Expedition Dogman, now available on Amazon Prime. All the links are in the show notes of this episode. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, our Facebook group, Strange Road Hitchhikers, Twitter, and TikTok. We are on everything at The Strange Road. And if you like the show, leave us a five-star rating. All of our episodes are on YouTube as well with bonus content and interviews. Be sure to subscribe there and hit that notification bell. You guys are the best. Thank you so much. We couldn't do any of this without your support. Take care.